Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The 11 to 1 Show. Prepare to swoon. Science has revealed... Who is the most handsome man in the world? And be still my beating heart, oh my. We're going to have more on this after Tracy Chapman on LMFM's 11 to 1. I don't know if he has a fast car, but he definitely is very, very handsome. Grab a fan, prepare to swoon. Science has revealed who is the most handsome man in the world. And fans of Bridgerton will only be too delighted because it's Mr. Reggae Jean Page himself. I cannot stop thinking of you. (gasps) From the mornings you ease, to the evenings you quiet, to the dreams you inhabit. My thoughts of you never end. I am yours, Daphne. Sinead, he said. I'm yours, Sinead. <laughs> In my mind, <laughs> that's what's happened. Oh my God. I can see why. I can see why he's the most handsome man. This is according to a facial cosmetic surgeon named Dr. Julian De Silva. He's revealed, uh, I know, go figure, cosmetic surgeon. He's revealed the results according to the golden ratio. There's a thing called the golden ratio, which, okay, if you were to reflect on this, that's a bit disturbing. But anyway, it's the golden ratio. And uh, he's first observed, um, this was first observed, by the way, but in ancient Greeks. And it applied to physical beauty. It's a mathematical, scientific thing. Anyway, uh, this guy, uh, Reggae Jean Page, is the winner. His face calculated as 93.65% accurate on this golden ratio. Then in second place was Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth. He's got 93.53. Then Michael B. Jordan was third with 93.46. And apparently Reggae won because of his classically beautiful face, gorgeous brown eyes. He's the easiest, the highest score for eye spacing <laughs> and the positioning of, of his eyes also scored highly. This is what this guy, Dr. Julian, is saying. And his perfectly shaped lips. Oh, yeah, the perfectly shaped lips. I'm just looking at them here now. Bridgerton. Uh, they also scored highly. And the only mark he got that was slightly lower was for his nose width and length. Ah, look, come on. You can, like the man is perfect in every way. Don't be at me with your nose width and length and all this kind of stuff. But there you go. 
reggae Jean Page he is the, officially the world's most handsome man and I think that's only going to help his chances because he's in the running for Bond as well I think he would be amazing as Bond I'm, I'm all for it but in fairness there's been a few now in the mix that I'm kind of going yeah that'd be good too but reggae he's got my vote we were good Oh, I love it. It's the ultimate self-love anthem this year. Miley Cyrus, Flowers, new music from her. She is going to be releasing an album. It's going to be called Endless Summer on the 10th of March. And that song, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Barely the start of the year. And Miley straight out there with a fantastic song. Brilliant. Now, uh, don't be alarmed if you're on the road from Kilcock to Hedford in the County Meath area because there's a huge duck on the road and I mean a giant duck why is he there well I'm going to tell you after these the 11 to 1 show There's a huge yellow duck on the road today from Kilcock all the way to Hedford and this is for a very, very special reason. This tradition is going back since 1993 where students from Clongoeswood College would push a giant duck... I mean, you can't get more eye-catching. 50 kilometres from Kilcock to Hedford and it's all in aid of Crumlin Children's Hospital. So they're doing this since 1993, what, by 29, something like that, uh, years of this. And it's the TY students and it's very much kids helping other kids. And over the years, the Duck Push has raised over 2.5 million, enabling the purchase of different medical equipment, that kind of thing, to help Ireland's sick children. If you just Google Duck Push, right, you'll get a gist of what this is. But the GoFundMe page is up and running at the moment. They want to raise about 50,000 if they can. They are very much at the starting stage of the, the donations. Any little bit at all would be so, so appreciative. So if you head over to GoFundMe and just put in Duck Push, you'll see it. But this is brilliant looking. It's a huge yellow duck on the road. So if you spot them on the route, give them an L beep and a wave and a bit of encouragement as they push that guy because uh, I'd say it's fairly hefty things to be pushing along the road and all donations, great appreciated and well done to the TY students I'm delighted that the rain doesn't seem to be uh, hopefully hindering you today hopefully that wet rain does stay away and uh, we will mention you uh, throughout the show and hopefully track the progress and see how you're getting on but giant ducks <laughs> I mean, I've heard it all now. I mean, the things that people do for charity, it astounds me. It really does. But this one has to be the most unusual. So fair play to the guys. Bastille with Pompeii and LMFM's 11 to 1. I want to do a quick shout out to all of the schools celebrating Grandparents Day today. So the schools have invited in uh, the children's grandparents to come and sort of share lessons and kind of, you know, swap stories about being in school and that kind of thing. And I think it's lovely. I think it's lovely to see my son's school is doing it today. And uh, on the way in, he was just so excited that his grandparents are going to be visiting him in school. And it's so important, isn't it? That relationship between grandparents parent and uh, grandchildren there's nothing like it there really is nothing like it so I hope everyone is having fun in the schools and celebrating grandparents day today Gavin James with always Always. on LMFM's 11 to 1 
Now, this is very interesting and I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people that are going through this. When somebody in your life gets the diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's, this can have a huge impact, not only on the person living with the condition, but it really kind of, it's a ripple effect, isn't it? Out to the family, friends, carers, and it can be very isolating. Well, in Rathoth tomorrow in the community centre, there's going to be a new social club, an Alzheimer's social club that's going to be launched. We're going to find out more about this with Laura Murphy. Laura is the new CEO for Rathoth Community Centre and she's also done so much work for the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland as well. We're going to chat to her after these. The 11 to 1 show. An Alzheimer's or dementia diagnosis can have a huge impact not only on the person living with the condition but their family, friends and carers. It can be very isolating as well and can feel like nobody understands what you're going through. However, meeting other people on a similar journey can help reduce this isolation and can be a great support. Tomorrow, the Rathoth Community Centre is launching their new Alzheimer's Social Club. So whether you are directly impacted, have a diagnosis of dementia or are caring for someone with a diagnosis, this is for you. Joining me now to tell us more is the CEO of Rathoth Community Centre and a volunteer who's done so much work with the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland, Laura Murphy. She's on the line. How are you getting on, Laura? Hi, Sinead. Thanks so much for having me on. You're very good. You're great. Great to have you. Now, I should say you're the new CEO of the centre there in Rathoth. How are you settling into the new role? I, I am. I'm the new CEO by a week and a half and I've big boots to fill. Leo Cummins was there. The, the CEO, the outgoing CEO, it's going really well. Um, we, Sinead, we have a fabulous, fabulous facility here, as you well know. There's a theatre, uh, we, we support the arts, we support music, drama, comedy, heritage, education, culture. There's a whole list, but community welfare would be key, and we're here for the community. So there's a huge positive, contagious energy, and the people are wonderful. So, um, yeah. It's going really good. Oh, I'm delighted because this is a very different departure for you. You know, you would have been somebody that worked in the corporate world for a lot of your career. So a big change for you. I I wore a corporate hat for uh, over 20 years. Yeah, whether it was global software engineer companies or small indigenous Irish owned companies. um, But wherever I went tonight, it was always in me to one of the first things I did was try and find out did we do something around co- corporate social responsibility, which was really important for me to give back? And if we didn't, we quickly did. So, you know, we did a lot of work around whether it was Special Olympics, uh, STEM, worked with deaf schools, um, you know what, uh, but many different initiatives. But it, it was just always really important wherever uh, the business I worked in was based, whether it was Ballsbridge or Dublin 7 and Merchants Key, we gave back to the, the community we worked within. And terribly rewarding. I was very blessed in my career in the corporate world, lots of support and role models. So important for me to be able to give it back. And this opportunity came up. So, yeah. and, and here you are. And this is here something that is so ingrained in you, Laura. It really is this idea of giving back. And, you know, you've worked quite a bit as well with the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland and you would have experienced firsthand yourself how difficult and, and devastating a diagnosis can be on somebody. Uh, your mother uh, was diagnosed, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, our mum, she uh, a wonderful, strong woman. Um, she raised five strong, independent women. Uh, Dean, we miss her every single day. And 
if it's four years ago since we lost her, and I can tell you, if we, if if I knew now what I knew when she was going through the early stages and the diagnosis, things could have been very different for my dad, who minded her right up till the end for the last few weeks, and my sisters, you know. Um, so I, from there, Sinead, I just got involved with volunteering with the Alzheimer's Society and. I'd be a part of their national fundraising committee, which I'm very proud of the past four years, and they do some fantastic work. You know, there's over 64,000 people in Ireland with a current diagnosis. Wow, when you say it like that, I I mean, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and expected as well to double in the next 20. And and people are getting getting it younger, they're getting diagnosed younger, and... Mm. You know, there's, there's a huge fear factor to it and um, it, it's really around raising awareness and the Alzheimer's Society has fabulous support out there for people who maybe feel it, it could be them or a member of their family or have a diagnosis. So, um, yeah, so it's something I'm very proud to be involved in. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said there, you know, there there is, it's one of those ones, um, those those conditions where there is a lot of fear, there's still a lot of stigma, people don't know a huge amount, and, and enough about it, let's say, as well. I mean, does this prevent people, does this cause isolation, this idea of, of stigma and fear and not knowing kind of how to bring it up? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I think we all know at the end of the day when we have a problem and we're on our own, that problem can multiply and multiply and multiply. But if you sit down and share it with a pal or a friend or someone who's experiencing the same story as you, then, you know, it, it's not so lonely and it's yeah. not so tough. Yeah, and this is where this great idea that you've had comes into play because you're going to be launching the Alzheimer's Social Club uh, tomorrow in the centre. Tell me about this and, and how it's going to work. Well, that's right. So, uh, again, we're very, very lucky to have the CEO, Andy Heffernan, is coming over tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock to help us um, to, to launch it. And it's really, Sinead, about providing a safe social space for people who either have a diagnosis or indeed their family members who can tend to be their carer. And it, and it can be very difficult for the family member. Um, so it, it's, it's just to provide a safe place where they can come. They can have a cup of tea, some fancy treats from As You Like a Restaurant who is here in the community centre and listen to some music. We have our own we're toast, forget me not. Um, wonderful girls, uh, Anna, Aoife and Freya and Eamon doing the music. And we also have um, a world champion Irish dancer just to create a bit of buzz, a bit of entertainment and to give people the opportunity to chat and say, gosh, I'm not the only one here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm not in this alone. <clears throat> Yeah. And it can, as you said, it can be the person themselves that maybe they've had an early diagnosis, maybe they're fully in the, the dementia or Alzheimer's and the carers and the family members, even if they want to just come along on their own, they can as well. This is very much open to anyone affected. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And what's your hope then for the future? Because you're hoping to kind of this will be the last Friday of every month that you'll have this open. So what, what's your hope for the future for it? Well, the, the the future, as you say, rightly say, it'll be the last Friday of every month, 11 to 1. But people can come in and share their stories, share their experience uh, and have just 
a cup of tea, a chat, maybe go off and do a, a trip one day. It, you know, there's plenty of places to go, but we have volunteers here. They'll all, they're all guarded vetted and trained um, to work with people and to share the stories and then to get maybe the, we, we will tomorrow have a dementia advisor to share some ideas and tips and you know, there, I, I went to one recently, Sinead, mm. in um, Dunshock and their, their, their cafe. And there was a wonderful speaker talking about, um, you know, um, a family member who had di- a diagnosis and just needed things to do. And they got, you know, these witty things. They got oh, yeah, things. yeah. And it was just something for them to hold in their hands and do something. And it gave that person purpose. So yes. that person, you know, so it, it, there's a very different stage of obviously of Alzheimer's, but it can get to the stage where you're just sitting there, but you, you need to be stimulated. And what I know, and I know this personally from my own mum, right down to the right minutes before she left us, she, it was still her. Because she opened her eyes and she winked and she did something that we all knew that was wow. her. So right, we're still in there, whether we have it or, you know. That's we're, we're so key, here. actually, Laura, as well, because so often people forget or, and look, it's understandable, you know, you're caring for somebody with all of these th- things going on and it's very, very challenging. But so often we can be dismissive or talk over them, maybe, or roll our eyes at the, you know, this kind of stuff. I've seen that kind of happen. And you're Absolutely. so right. The person is still in there. There are fragments completely of them there and we need to watch out for them. Most definitely, most definitely, yeah, 100%. And it's, you know, things they used to like doing. Yeah. And there might just be a watered-down version of continuing to do that. That's the best way to describe it. So if they like to cook, there's something where it's, it might be just a cookery program they now get to watch because they're they're experiencing what they used to do. And so it's, it's just learning different ways to keep them them busy and occupied as well and things that they used to love and enjoy doing. Music is another thing that is used. So therapeutic, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I've no doubt that this is going to go from strength to strength, the club and everything that you're going to be involved there, Laura, in, in the community centre. I'm wishing you the very best of luck with the club launching it tomorrow and also in your role there in the community centre in the future. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's so good to have us on and thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. No problem at all. Laura Murphy there. Uh, this is happening tomorrow. OK, the launch of the Alzheimer's Social Club tomorrow in Rathout Community Centre from 11am and uh, there's going to be lots of celebration there as Laura mentioned and then it's going to be every last Friday of the month from 11 to 1 all of the details as well can be found by the way on the Rathoth Community Centre Facebook page The 11 to 1 show I have music from Keen on the way for you but first we're going back in time LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows Senator Windows products will help you create a secure comfortable energy efficient home you're proud of call 0818 we're going back to the year 1924 on this day in that year American skater Charles Dutra claims the first ever Winter Olympic gold medal he won the 500 meter, meter speed skating event in 44 seconds and that was in the games in France and today is a very strange day clashing clothes day I 
I don't think Maria Macklin, our image consultant, would like today, but basically it's an outfit that doesn't match. So if you see someone that's clashing, they didn't get dressed in the dark. They're celebrating Clashing Clothes Day. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. There's Keen. Everybody's changing in LMFM's 11 to 1. The yellow duck is currently in Summerhill on its way to trim. I've been tracking it here this morning. When someone tells me that they're pushing a yellow duck through the northeast, I'm going to find out more information, OK? So we're going to be chatting to Joe Curran. He's the man behind the duck. We'll chat to him a little bit later on. And from duck to cat, because a famous voice is behind the new Felix. You know the Felix cat food ad there you go famous voice behind that also we're going to be chatting to Anthony Kinahan and uh, he is uh, bringing his one man show Unguarded to Anton Art Centre next month and as well as that he is reprising his role in Wild Harry alongside Jane Seymour so I have so many questions for Anthony Kinahan when he joins us in studio. That is all going to be coming your way after 12. And of course, we're going to keep the tunes going as well. Lots of plenty, of, uh, lots of great music on the playlist for you as well. That's all coming after 12. The 11 to 1 show. L-M-F-M. A group of TY students are pushing a yellow duck through trim. I find out why after Coldplay in 11 to 1. Coldplay Sky Full of Stars on LMFM's 11 to 1. There's a big yellow duck making its way into Trim. It's being pushed by some TY students from Clongo's Wood College. I had to find out more. Their housemaster, teacher Joe Curran, is on the line. How are you getting on, Joe? Hi, tonight. How are you keeping? I'm getting on great. You have a big yellow duck, Joe. What's going on there? Yeah, so uh, the lads are currently pushing us that uh, an oversized yellow duck here on a trailer, and this has been a tradition in the college now since since the early early nineties. Uh, we call it the duck push charity, and every year EY students push this big duck around Ireland, uh, just trying to raise money. And since its inception, we've uh, raised over two and a half million euro, with pretty much all of those proceedings going to Crum and Children's Hospital but some of the other funds going to, going to different charities as well. I love it. But Joe, you know, as charity ideas go, this is up there as being a bit cuckoo bananas. Where did the idea for pushing a duck come from? Uh, I guess in the in the early 90s, um, it was started by a, a former teacher in the, in the or a former housemaster in the college, Frank Kelly, came up with the idea. And... One of the one of the models, one of the college's main models would be being men for others, and it was just something for the TY students to, to sort of give back to charity, a bit of altruism, and just get them to raise some money. And the idea itself, it was just like the duck itself was something big and sort of conspicuous that would resonate with children. And that's in terms of symbolism, there's no great symbolism behind it, but that was the idea. I love it. So the TY students are pushing this duck on a trailer. I've seen the size of this thing. It's fairly hefty. How many students have you got involved in this? So really, it's, it's, open, to, it's open to all four years. But at the moment, we've three out in the road now who are said are meant to be running, but we're on a hill at the moment. So okay. they're, they're dragging it up a hill as we speak. Fair play to them. And then we have, another, we have another eight or nine in the minibus here. So we... We rotate, uh, we rotate groups about every four or five kilometres. Okay, and they're there with you in the minibus. They're very quiet there, Joe. They're, God, they're very good students, aren't they? 
Fair play to you, fair play to you. So they're all skiving off school for the day, which is great to push this dog around the northeast. So you're you're in trim at the moment. What's the reaction been like? Are people giving you a few beeps on the road there? Yeah, no, it's been brilliant. Everyone's been yeah, everyone's been brilliant so far. We went through Summer Hill and there was people taking photos and yeah, no, the the reaction's been really, really positive so far. Which Fan- is brilliant. Fantastic. So you want to raise a lot of money. How can we help you do that, Joe? Well, the, I said the, the main way that the public can help is if we've got a GoFundMe page um, and the easiest way to find that, if you just Google Duck Push 2023, yep. the first link that will come up on a Google search will be, uh, will be our GoFundMe page. Fantastic. So how long is this going to take? Is this going to be all day long that you're doing this? I, we hope to get into Hedford, I'd say, for maybe, maybe 3, 34 o'clock. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be most of the day they'll be out on the roads. Okay, so fair play to them doing this. I mean, you know, pushing the duck that size up a hill, that is no easy feat. Fair play. Well, Joe, we wanted to catch a word uh, with you and spread the news of what you're doing. I think it's fantastic and it's a great lesson for the students involved there as well. Uh, But for now, listen, thank you so much. Maybe the lads might give us one last cheer, would they? Yeah, no worries at all. Thank you, Sinead. Bye, bye, lads. Bye. bye, guys. Bye, guys. We're to them. Pushing a duck along trim. If you spot them, give them an L beep and a wave. And as uh, Joe rightly says there, Duck Push 2023. That's where you'll find all the details if you want to donate to their GoFundMe. Now, that's the buzz happening around the Northeast. But what's the buzz celebrity-wise? The buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Michelle Williams stars in The Fablemans, which is out tomorrow. The movie is a semi-biopic of Steven Spielberg's life. Michelle plays the mother Mitzi, and she was nominated for Best Actress this week at the Oscars. She says it was an honour working with Steven. I mean, you you kind of cannot believe that this is happening to you. Um, I've been doing this for such a long time. I've been doing this my entire life since I was a child. I started off doing TV commercials and guest spots, so to sort of to find myself here working with this, as you aptly described him, legend and a half, it's like it's pretty much beyond a dream come true, and I don't know if I'll ever get over it. The Razzies have made a public apology about one of its nominations. The Razzies basically slag off the worst movies of the year, and it's usually held before the Oscars. This year, they nominated 12-year-old Ryan Kira Armstrong for Worst Actress. They've got a lot of flack for it and have now put an age limit on nominations. They said, We also believe a public apology is owed to Miss Armstrong and wish to say we regret any hurt she experienced as a result of her choices. Ian Sterling says he's never trusted with any Love Island gossip. He was on the BBC last night and they pressed him on the older Love Island rumour. Here's what he said. Someone, I mean, again, like, I'm not, I'm not trusted with any of this information because as you, people that know me, I would tell you. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's a good idea, middle-aged love island. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. great idea. Be there. Imagine that. Think of the baggage. <laughs> Emotional no. and actual. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Crossy will be back with us tomorrow on 11 to 1 because he has an exclusive chat with Michelle Williams from The Fablemans. Don't miss that. It's going to be happening with Niall O'Brien on Real Reviews on tomorrow's show. Now back to today and back to the music. Here's Tina.
There's Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? A father's love is the centre of a story, a powerful one-man show that's going to be coming to Anton Art Centre next month. It's Unguarded. It's performed by Anthony Kinahan. We're going to have a chat with him after these. The 11 to 1 Show. With Gilmore's Ring. The story of how a father's world falls apart as he battles through many obstacles to ensure a future for him and his son is being brought to the stage next month by talented late theatre maker, actor and writer Anthony Kinahan. Unguarded highlights the vulnerable position many families find themselves in due to the lack of regulation around surrogacy in Ireland. I'm delighted to have actor and writer Anthony Kinahan back in the studio. How are you getting on? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me back. Great to have you. Now, I had the pleasure of seeing this play when it was fully done. I the pleasure of seeing this play in the development stages as well. Uh, you performed part of it and I was just absolutely blown away by it. It's very raw. It doesn't shy away from the big issues, but there's loads of comedy in there as well. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of my wheelhouse where I live. I love to, you know, I'm used to it with my work, especially with contestants, you know, uh, tackling big social issues. You know, which can be very like, um, you know, intense and and um, confronting at times. But I I love to slip in comedy wherever I can because if you if you're bashing people over the head with depression for like an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes, then people are going to switch off eventually, and it's going to be too much for them. But you need to, you know, slip in the comedy and and give them a release valve whenever you can as well. Oh, yeah, completely. And I mean, you know, this issue of surrogacy and, you know, legal rights of parents. I mean, when it comes to this country, particularly, it's such a huge issue. It's affecting a lot of different families, but particularly the LGBTQ community, which is kind of what the play is shining the light on. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I'm, I'm a, a gay man myself and that's the perspective I'm coming from. Um, and, you know, there's a bill uh, being introduced to the House of the Oireachtas at the moment to regulate uh, assisted assisted human reproduction. Um, but still, there's concerns, maybe perhaps that you know, um, gay dads may not be fully covered in in an international kind of perspective and stuff like that. So we're still not sure what's going to happen. But um, so it's but it's a a reality of of many LGBT families across the country and non-LGBT families as well that they're living in a situation where maybe one parent, a non-biological parent, doesn't have the same rights to their child and the child, more importantly, doesn't have the same rights to them. So if something happens or just even from a day-to-day, like signing forms or whatever that might be, it's just, it's it puts them in a second-class position and that's not fair and it's it's not safe for them as well so they're left unguarded yes and this is where the the play comes comes in so tell me about the plot it very much is centers on i mean this is a one-man show so you play all the characters including the what is he five or six years of age little tyke no no he's he's older than that he's older than that yeah 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 yeah. Uh, so i leave that up to the imagination he's he's neurodiverse so um He's probably a little bit older, but presents as a little bit younger as well. So, um, yeah, so the play um, follows Stephen, who's the dad um, of Tig. And as you say, I play both characters because I'm greedy like that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it tells the story of them kind of r- r- struggling through grief after the loss of um, Stephen's partner um, and Tig's biological parent, uh, Connor. And the, it's just we, we meet them in the aftermath of all that. Um, but then not only are they dealing with that grief, but also then they're confronted with um, a custody battle, uh, basically when the uh, parents of Connor, the deceased, um, 
tried to take custody of Tig because they have that right because there's legal loopholes in the law because of the non-regulation surrogacy at the moment. So it follows it follows to that Stephen struggling to parent and Tig living his best life while you know being obsessed with musicals. <laughs> so um, there's yeah. So it is. It's it's you know it's hard at times. It's intense at times. But also there's there's great fun and laughter to be had from it as well. There really is, and I mean like as I said, I've seen this myself, and you switch like that, like that through the characters like that must be so difficult because Stephen and Tyg could not be any yeah, different yeah. from each other what's that like as an actor it must be so challenging it is challenging but like I mean that's again where I live as an actor you know it's um, I love physical multi-rolling uh, theatre um, I love being able to switch a, 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 to a different character um, uh, on on the drop of a hat and like um, sometimes there are hats that you drop <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's the kind of luxury you get in theatre that you might not get in like screen on TV or film um, and I just love it I revel in it it's it's um, again me being greedy trying to play everything and do everything all at once um, but yeah I, I suppose with especially with Stephen and Tygen and, and the other characters that appear in the play there is a, f- a physical kind of formula to it that you know, once I lock my body into a certain shape, I'm I'm one character, and then I'm another character, and then I I'm, it's easier for me to find the voice. And obviously, because I wrote it as well, it's it's the voices are in my head, <laughs> not a, not in a weird way, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the voices are in my head already, so they they come out. Um, I I just need to say the right words. <laughs> then yeah, know. absolutely. And and as you say, you do this really. That's exactly it. It's a kind of a locking of the body. It's this sort of movement, and you kind of you, when you kind of sl- slump a little bit. Okay, it's Tig. Mm-hmm. When you're back up, sort of proper again, it's it's Stephen, and it's 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 fantastic. Okay. It really is fantastic to to to, to watch. Um, so what was the writing process like? Because you know, as you mentioned, you. You are, you know, more, first and foremost, an actor. You've worked in a variety of different things from theatre to TV and all the rest. But this is kind of the, the the first sort of foray into writing your own solo show. Was it daunting, challenging? Yeah, I mean, it was daunting, I have to say. I'm, uh, I'm the producer and a performer with a local theatre company, uh, Contestants Theatre. And we're a collective and we work very collaboratively and we devise our shows mostly together. Um, so it's all very like, you know, buzzing off each other um, where this was me initially in a room with a blank page, which is always a scary and daunting place to be. Um, but basically, it um, I was very lucky that um, I was Arts in Association with Drehada Arts Centre here in Drogheda and um, it gave me the space and the opportunity to kind of go, well, what do I want to say as an individual uh, actor and theatre maker? Um, what do I what story do I want to tell? Um, and um, I'm an LGBT activist, I suppose I have been in the past and, and still am. So this was a story that was quite close to my heart and to, to you know, highlight the fact that not all children are held equal in the eyes of the law here in Ireland still. So th- I said about doing it and um, it was, as I say, it was daunting. And, but again, once I found the voices in my head of the characters, um, it kind of started spilling out onto the page. And yeah, I was delighted to have that freedom to just, you know, explore um, as an individual artist myself, so it was, it was it was invaluable, and also it was during lockdown, so there wasn't much. Light oh, sure, listen, yeah, you had. Loads what, else of time. You, what else would you have been doing? <laughs> Absolutely, doing it, so. and you know, there's you know, like you, you mentioned, quintessence, and quintessence are very much renowned for their movement and, and playfulness throughout what they do. I mean, my goodness me, when you think of like you know how different. 
different theatre is today compared to even say you know when I would have been brought to plays as a youngster and you just sit down and you watch the guys act out a thing and there was props on the stage you guys don't really use much props there's not much there um, you know there's loads of movement to communicate so much like there's a great uh, piece in this play where you communicate grief so well through your body and this idea of the loss of somebody beside you even in a bed this kind of thing I mean it's just I think it's incredible like what the, the ideas that you guys come up with no, for stuff you, like this yeah. Um, yeah well look I mean that's again we we, we are theatre practitioners so we celebrate the art form of theatre we we don't try and disguise it and, and say well look we're trying to do a slice of real life here so there's going to be a, a bar and a glass and a, we celebrate the fact that we all know we're sitting in a theatre right now so so let's highlight that and let's be playful with that and sometimes that can go into hyper-realism you know or um, but certainly we play a lot with mime um, or we have we might have one or two props that might suggest to different things as well or we use them in a multifaceted way Um and it's just because, you know, the audience are there and they're not stupid. Yeah. They have great imaginations and you just need to bring them along with, with you on the story. Oh, you do that so well. I mean, I think in, in, in Quintessence's production of, of Albert Cashier, there's only sticks, <laughs> brooms, like handles yeah. of brooms yeah. and like all of a sudden they're everything. And I think that's yeah. that's brilliant. You do have your script with you, which yeah. means that you're going to perform a little bit for us. Do you want to key up what you're going to perform there? Yeah, this is actually just the opening of the show. Okay. Um, uh, so, no spoilers. Um, so it's the opening of the show and this is Tig the son um, yeah kind of just living his best life and setting up what's kind of going on inside his head okay whenever you're ready take it away 525,600 minutes 525,000 moments so dear you know the way that song is from Rent the musical Rent written by Jonathan Larson premiered in 1996 but did you know that that song 525,600 minutes means how many minutes there are in a year. I know, that's a lot, isn't it? That means a year is a really, 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 really long time. But actually, it's wrong. I know, I couldn't believe it either. I mean, that's really not right to have that in the song if it's not correct. Because there's actually 525,949.2 minutes in a year. Because there's actually 365.2425 days in a year. And not just 365. And that's why we get leap years. But some people just round this up to 365.25 days in a year. So I could understand if the song said that there was 525,960 minutes in a year. But there's not. There's really 525,949.2. But it's okay. I really like the song. I get that he was just rounding his calculations down to the nearest full day. So it's okay. 525,600 minutes is okay by me. <laughs> he died. Not long afterwards. Uh, Jonathan Larson. He died. He was 35. He died of a problem with his heart and not because of AIDS. And a lot of people think it was because of AIDS because rent was a lot about AIDS. But it wasn't. It was because his heart was broken. 525,600 minutes. How do you measure a year in a life? On Christmas night, when I go to bed, I think, Wow. It'll be 525,600 minutes until next Christmas. And then I feel sad because it's over. But you remind me that it's okay. You remind me just to enjoy the now and not to live in the future, which is mad. How could I live in the future? I'm not a time traveller. I don't have a time machine. I'm not like Marty McFly. <gasps> Did you know they made a musical about Back to the Future? Written by Sylvester Ballard Smekis and Gale, premiered in 2020. 
Oh, I can't wait to see it someday. <laughs> I'm here with a big smile on my face because Tyg sounds like the type of child that you would just be, if you got caught on a bus beside him, you'd just be going, oh my God, when will this journey <laughs> yeah. ever end? But throughout the play, you know, and it's as you pepper it there, we get a flavour of it even there. You know, you pepper it with, you know, he's bringing the grief in and out of his little world that he's so embroiled in with the with the musicals and everything else. It's, it's, it's fantastic, it really is. As well as this, Last year and this year, so, so busy. I have to talk to you about this because Jane Seymour popped up in a pub playing the Bayron and you and Jane Seymour are very good friends, aren't you? Be- yeah, besties. Yeah, best friends. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was, I was um, um, a character, Steve, Skeevy Stevie and Harry Wilde and I uh, was in an episode of season one and I'm lucky enough to come back for an episode of season two. Fantastic. And I was in sh- shooting with them last week and um, yeah, sh- Jane is, uh, and luckily as well for myself, all my scenes have just been pretty much with just me and Jane so I uh, got to spend a bit of time with her and look she's just a force of nature and a, a lovely woman herself and, and to get for me as a as an actor to watch her work as well and, and learn from her and um, yeah it's, be, it's been a really great and fun opportunity as well and it, the set and the crew and the cast have all been lovely and I think it's a real trickle down effect from, from the top as well you know so um, she, yeah, she really is a force of nature like you know I, I, when I saw her uh, on uh, Instagram there you know playing with a trad band up in Belfast over the weekend like there was not a bit of me that was surprising of course you're doing that Jane. she's fantastic yeah, she really yeah. is but is there a certain level of trepidation like when you go in onto a set and you know that somebody like of the calibre of Jane Seymour is going to be there are you a bit like oh god like bring all of the A game which of course you would but yeah, you know that's the thing you would anyway and I think you feel that trepidation before especially when you're you're just going in and you've got you know smaller bits to do you're not in the whole time you do go in and you're like you're always a bit um, you know, anxious, you know, because you have to go in and hit your mark and do your thing and get out and, you know, not bring everything to a hull and crash. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but certainly before the first day I went in with Jane, I was like, oh my God, this is like a Bond girl. Like, this is Dr. Quinn I'm going into. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, but after I met her for the first day, I have to say all that went because she's just like, like as normal as me and you are sitting here yeah. now. Like it's, it's yeah. Yeah, of course, the odd time she just drops in. Just, yeah, you know, um, you look like Freddie Mercury with the moustache, Anthony. I was like, and then she pulls out a photo of her and Freddie Mercury. Oh, wow. Like, oh my God, you know. <laughs> so there is that as well. So, um, yeah, but it's a great story she has as well. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So at this stage, you're, as you say, filming is going on. We don't know just yet when it's going to hit TV screens, do we? Not yet, no, but okay. Skeevy Stevie will be back. Skeevy Stevie, which I told you, he should have his own spin-off yeah, show. I think so, so too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, look, I'm wishing you the best of luck with that and with the play. As always, such a pleasure having you in studio. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's 3rd and 4th next week in February in Anton Arts Centre. Thank you. Fantastic. He's doing his job. He's doing the job for me here. Fantastic. And if you want details and ticket information, anton.ie. The 11 to 1 show. He's selling out. A famous face has been announced as the new voice of Felix. You know, the cat behind the food, cat food thing. I think he's selling out. I'm going to tell you all about it after the weekend on LMFM's 11 to 1. Yeah, I think he's selling out. You know, it's probably one of the more bizarre celebrity endorsements that I've come across. A famous face has been announced as the new voice of Felix. You know, Felix, this thing, this thing. Hello, this thing. Hello. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I 
see. Did you? Come on. Cats like feelings. Yeah, this, this. Who is it? Well, none other than Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams has been announced as the new voice of Felix the Feline behind the cat food brand. And I can just sort of like, is he just looking for work? (laughs) Is he looking for work? What's happened? Apparently he's written a brand new song as well called It's Great to Be a Cat. Um, And he's going to be playing Felix the Cat. Like I, as I say this, I'm just going, Robbie. I mean, who is your manager? You know what I mean. Who's your PR person? Are you that strapped that you have to be voicing a cat and coming up with an ad? You know, for Felix the cat. Oh, I don't know. This little PR spin here says the cheeky duo were captured getting up to mischief as they team up for the grand premiere of their new collaboration. I mean, it's a long ways from the bad boy days. of take that, isn't it, Robbie? You know, Felix the cat. I don't know. I think he's lost it personally. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Speaking of jobs, maybe Robbie could get a job in some of this list instead. The Valley Inn, Malera, Dunlear requires experienced full-time bar person and waiting staff. Excellent terms and conditions provided. Please send your CV to the Valley Inn inquiries at gmail.com or you can call John on 87 Rice and Ruddy Motors are looking to hire a fully qualified motor mechanic with at least a year of experience. The application deadline is January 31st. To apply, send your CV to null at ricerudy.ie or call 087-417-3260. A family-owned business require a full-time bookkeeper for the retail sector in the Dundalk area. Please apply in writing. You can email info at kmr.ie. Closing date is the 31st of January. RD Coach Trim are looking for an experienced fabricator slash welder to join their busy team based in RD. For more information, contact Patricia. She's on 87 And the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland are recruiting a nurse manager to be based in their Whistlemount daycare centre in Navin. To apply, please submit a full and up-to-date CV to recruit at alzheimer.ie. All the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section, lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. There's Divine Comedy. Want to dedicate that one to Mary Donahue. She's from McSweeney Street in Dundalk. She's celebrating a big birthday today. Hope you're having a great day, Mary. That's coming in from Mick, Martin, Sandra and all of the grandchildren. And I hope you're getting spoiled on your birthday. That's especially for your Divine Comedy. Now I'm going to take a quick break and we're back with more great Irish music from Picture This. This one drink finishing off the show for today. Tomorrow, by the way, we're going to be out and about in Diffie, Drogheda Institute of Further Education, finding out all about the college life. But for today, that is our lot. Thank you so much for your company. As always, have a great day. Chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show With Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt The best in motoring, here for you